This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Do you know, here on the Blaze Radio Network, I was becoming a bit concerned because my pulse rate, you know, my heart rate was dipping down to about 135 beats a minute during the show. Because the, the news was only exciting. It was merely exciting instead of being uh, almost almost too much to take. We're back to almost too much to take. That is, if you're willing to take the theories of a known crackpot, but a known crackpot who is almost always right. His name? Guru J. Holy Cow Excelsior. On the Blaze Radio Network, this is the JLE News. I am Jay Severin. You are my partners, my friends, my radio family, the best and brightest. Our office number is one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. I generally, no, I virtually always start a show at the beginning of my notes. And I, I work them forward because the oldest, now the oldest notes could have been taken at noon today. I'm just saying that in chronological form, I'll take the notes in order. If there is something that is especially newsworthy, I will underscore that and we'll start with that. You know, so I, I don't, uh, I don't bury something because it's not, we're waiting for its place in line. I'm not talking about that kind of rigidity. But today, uh, for someone like me, I'm going to uh, undress on the radio. I'm going to change the format. No, we're going to try something differently today because that's what's happening right now. Normally, as you know, I like to make a case to you. I like to bring you a series of events I'd like to I'd like to present to you uh, pieces of evidence and build toward a point at which we can say, I think 
what all of this means is X. I like to build a case like like a, you know any any jailhouse lawyer would. I, I like to build a case to a great jury, and it's fun. It's fun. It's challenging, and you know what? It helps me because it makes sense. Today we're not going to do that, although I know it's still going to be fun and still going to make sense even to me. Are you ready? Just before you joined me, I learned, and perhaps you learned, depending on your level of sickness, uh, on how sick you are with regard to the Civics Circus Maximus, the game of life. Uh, in the form of politics. You may have learned, as I did, that moments ago we were told to look out at any minute for the endorsement of one of the major presidential candidates by an influential political figure. Now, I kept that vague so that we could do a form of Let's build from the bottom, okay? So I said an endorsement by a political figure, influential in the process. Let me, let me get closer if you don't know. It's an endorsement by someone who had hitherto given every sign he or she had decided not to endorse. Nextly, It's someone who is endorsing on the Republican side. Nextly, it is a governor. Now, I would imagine right now there are a million light bulbs going off all across the wonderful sea of dreams making up your little noggins. Which governor endorsing on the Republican side who hitherto had sat this one out would make a difference with two days left to go in the South Carolina primary? Well, I know what you're thinking. Probably the South Carolina governor. That would make it Nikki Haley, herself a tremendously ambitious political figure, an attractive one, one who's been talked about for higher office, including president, a little too soon for president, but has certainly been talked about as soon as this cycle as a vice presidential candidate. And this endorsement could help that a lot, whether or not She's climbing on the saddle of the right horse. It could it could move that it could move her fate in terms of being a vice president. It could move it a lot and soon. So who does that bring us down to? Okay, uh, enough of the uh, board game. South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, the very attractive daughter of Indian, uh, Eastern Indian immigrants who has an 81% approval rating as an incumbent. And I, I don't 
you know, I don't, I know you don't need me to tell you this, but just so that we have it confirmed, you don't get, there are no, there are no incumbent politicians with improvement numbers of 81%. You know, Ronald Reagan in the middle of his first term, I mean, you just don't get governors with 81% approval ratings exactly because they're governors, exactly because every day they're making a decision and they're either embracing or frosting off half of the population with that decision, right? But that's why governors' endorsements almost always mean more than senators' endorsements. They're not legislators. They're not one of 100. They're one. They're the CEO of that state. So in addition to the hard political muscle, the machinery, the political machinery of South Carolina, and oh baby, is there hard political machinery in South Carolina, all owned and operated exclusively by Governor Nikki Haley. That is now at the disposal of the Republican candidate, she will probably during our show today endorse. It's a four-man race. You already know that. Here are her choices. I'll give you all six. She could endorse Trump, Cruz. I'm doing this in terms of poll numbers, to be absolutely fair. She could endorse Trump, Cruz, Rubio, Bush, Kasich, or Carson. Again, by the numbers, she could endorse from one through six, Trump, Cruz, Rubio, Bush, Kasich, or Carson. Who is she going to endorse? Today, Nikki Haley will endorse Marco Rubio for President of the United States. What does this mean? I'm so glad you're here because I can tell you. And if you will just sit with me during a quick break, I will come back and give you the reasons that no one else can. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. The Jay Severin Show. 
on the Blaze Radio Network, one 3393 I'm using an, I'm going to employ an imperative sentence here. Call me. I know I don't say it with the same authority as Debbie Harry, but call me. one 3393 I just wish to know, uh, along with America, uh, uh, we wish to know whether my theory, the one I'm about to propound, is or is not correct, according to you. Or, look, that's setting the bar too high. I just want to know if it strikes you as plausible. Does it resonate with your jawbone? Does this, you know, can you nod and say, okay, that may not happen at all, but, yep, it certainly could. All right, I swing you back via our time machine, which is our our feature a gag here at the Civic Circus Maximus. We go right back to South Carolina and the breaking news that Governor Nikki Haley with an 81, she of the 81% approval rating, is any moment going to endorse Marco Rubio. Now, given the quandary of the people in this, I thought, as, as I said before here on the air, I thought Governor Haley would not certainly, but likely, sit this out. Why would she sit it out? Because... If she can't be for an establishment figure, she's not going to be vice president. This is the way she thinks. I'm not saying she's wrong. But Nikki Haley's entire political existence is wrapped up in the Bushes and the Bush mafia. All the Bushes and the Bush retainers and the Bush machine. So I know that she has been importuned to vote for, I'm sorry, to endorse Heb. But she couldn't bring herself to do it because so many influential people in her state are not for Heb. And one of the rising stars of the state of of South Carolina, and they also have falling stars, don't they? A falling star in the state of South Carolina, is Senator Linda Graham. Senator Linda Graham ran for president. Hey, let's look at how he did. So here he is leaning on her to endorse Bush, and she's looking at Linda and saying, you want me to join you? I've got an 81% approval rating. I'm 43 years old. The world is my oyster. And you want me to what? Hold your hand and jump off a building with you? However, on the other hand, if she endorses somebody outside the Bush circle, she gets uh, two minutes of joy and maybe that's it. Stays in the locker room for the rest of her career. Okay, so I thought Nikki Haley might sit it out. She's endorsing Rubio any minute. Why? Why is she endorsing Rubio? I think I know why. This is a theory. And you have to tell me whether or not you think it's plausible. I mean, you don't have to, but uh, it it would be helpful. Here is my theory. 
Nikki Haley decided correctly that when who's there? Opportunity. Let him in. Yeah. She decided correctly when opportunity knocks, let him in. Because if you say, come back later, you may never hear no mo knock, no mo. So you answer the door when opportunity knocks. She's 43 now. Watch how quickly she's going to be 53, then 63. So she listened to opportunity knock because all of the other candidates came knocking too and made their case. And she looked at what was happening. And again, this is a theory. And now this gets weaker than theory. This gets into rumor slash theory. Okay, here's what Guru Jay thinks has been happening, as I've told you. And thus, here's what I think has happened. I think Rubio all along has been drafting Bush, more or less. He's been drafting everybody, waiting to make his move, waiting to see... Is this his year? Is he going to be VP? Or is it best to get out? Because he's still so young that, you know, the world is his oyster. He hasn't done anything yet to embarrass himself, really, or he's fine. He's undamaged goods. He's very good goods, as a matter of fact. What does Marco Rubio do? I think Marco Rubio picks up the phone when... Prince, Reince Priebus, and George Bush, and Don Rumsfeld, and five or ten other people I could name but can't for you call him, people much closer to him, and yes, younger people, and say, we, meaning the party, have our entire lives in this. The country is at stake here. We are not going to sit by and see either Hillary Clinton or any of those baboons on the left, uh, the, the Democrat Party. We, do you think we're going to allow them to be elected? That's not going to happen. Let's turn to what we can do something about right now. Neither are we going to elect Trump. And I'll tell you who else we're not going to allow elected. Cruz. Because that bastard, he's the guy I support, by the way. Me, Jay, okay? But this is uh, Dick Cheney speaking, or George Bush. You don't really think we're going to let that bastard get elected and close down everything and cut taxes wildly and actually be a libertarian conservative, do you? That's not going to happen. And as for Trump, he's a crazy man. And we'll take care of having him committed later. But for now, what we have to do is derail his campaign. But what we really need, Marco, is someone on whom we can rely. We need someone who will hang in there, play ball, and deconstruct and then reconstruct the GOP lane, the establishment lane in this field. We need someone who isn't winning now, but when he and we get through with the road work, they can win. What we need, frankly, is a substitute for poor Jeb, because poor Jeb turned out to be the dull-witted son.
We can't count on him. He's not going to win. If we don't have Jeb, whom do we have? That's right, Marco. We have you. We have only you if we don't have Jeb. And if Jeb doesn't win South Carolina, and especially if he gets embarrassed in South Carolina, which is the last place we had connections and were able to pull out all the stops for him, if we can't finagle Jeb a win in South Carolina, we need someone. We need someone badly. We need someone for real. Marco, can we count on you? Can we count on you to play ball with us? So that unbeknownst to Jeb, though it may occur to him someday, we need to send Jeb off to the funny farm quietly, whereas he doesn't kind of realize it as it's happening, like the frog in the increasingly hot water. We need to push Jeb off the stage, and we need to bring on to center stage our boy, someone in whom we can vest all of this that we have built up. We need an establishment Republican. You know, one who is for immigration after we give the great unwashed a year to get over all their shouting and hollering and everything. We need a good, regular old boy, a good old boy Republican. And we want you, we want you to be that good old boy. Will you do it? Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. And these are my partners at one 3393 What I'm saying is the, and again, it's a theorem, not yet a, it's a theory, not yet a theorem, but my instincts tell me this. I think that Nikki Haley deciding not to sit it out, knowing her as I do, knowing she wants to be president or at least vice president, knowing that that will depend on a network of politicians controlled by uh, the, the Bush people and their various acolytes. But the establishment, not Bush, not Heb Bush, George Bush, George Bush Sr., all of a sudden... Governor Haley jumps into this. What does it tell me? It tells me something was explained to her that made her understand very suddenly that sitting this one out was a bad idea for her. A good idea would be endorsing someone. The best idea would be endorsing not George Bush, which is what I'm sure she expected to hear at the end of this pitch, No, we know you're surprised, Governor. No, we want you to endorse, not Heb, we want you to endorse Marco Rubio. Because Heb has been an embarrassment to us. He's been a disappointment. He's not going to win. 
We must have someone who will win. We have untold incredible money, power, machinery, the fate of this country waiting, a mantle to lay upon the shoulders of someone we can get behind. That was supposed to be Jeb Bush. It's not going to be Jeb Bush. We now want it to be Marco Rubio. He is our only last chance. We want you to change your mind, endorse. We want you to endorse and campaign feverishly with and for Marco Rubio. Uh, This will hurt the endorsement, will hurt Jeb Bush very badly. Had she not said a word, Bush was still in deep trouble, which is why they went to Nikki Haley. Bush, this is a kill shot, uh, politically speaking. They're going after Bush in South Carolina, trying to smother any last embers of that fire, because if Heb Bush cannot win in South Carolina, then he cannot win. And the establishment, the party, needs someone who they believe at least can win. This endorsement and the hurt that it puts on other candidates may mean, may mean that Marco Rubio can crash lanes, vault places, and win as high and I'm predicting my prediction right now when I tell you, Marco Rubio, not Ted Cruz, may finish second in South Carolina. That's not official. I'm just bringing you in on my inner thinking. They need a winner, and they need a single winner, a single candidate. They, meaning the Republican establishment, they can't go on for three more months with two or three guys in the establishment lane. They need one guy in the establishment lane. They did everything they could to make sure that was Heb. It ain't going to be Heb in their thinking, says Guru Jay. It's going to be Marco Rubio because now they're going to step in and make it happen. And the only thing left, if my theory is at all correct... And we know the first part is, because it ain't a theory, we know that Nikki Haley is about to endorse Rubio. We know that Nikki Haley has been asked by other candidates, wooed by other candidates, including Trump. So part of the greatest entertainment to which we are about to be witnesses is what Trump says about Nikki Haley. And the difference between what Donald Trump said about Nikki Haley last year, last month, last week, yesterday, and then what he's going to say about her tonight when he finds out that she's thrown him over to get back in the race for Marco Rubio. Maya, is this the perfect place to welcome you or what? This is so awesome. It's just to shoehorn me in, darling, and this uh, is I'm awesome you, sauce. This is amazing stuff here because I'm seeing a couple of things happening. I'm going to try and do it quickly so you know it'll Cut come us right in. across. Okay, so first of all, 
when people started taking Trump seriously, I was even doing the Karl Rove writing this down here. When they started taking Trump seriously, all of a sudden it became uh, Jeb, Cruz, and Trump, okay, with the hope that, you know, they wanted their boy, Jeb. Trump came When I woke up this morning, I wrote down Trump, um, Rubio, question mark? Slash Cruz. Nope, not yet. And, not yet. And 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 anyway, go ahead. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, so this uh, Trump turned this thing all around, turning it into Trump, Cruz, and Jeb. Okay, Cruz is still in the middle here. Now we've got, and there was some guy named Carson. I can't remember him. I don't. I, I don't know. I think he was delivering that day. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so now you got Rubio, and it really bugged me a little bit to see on Hannity to see Trey Gowdy and Tim Scott being so forward in their endorsement. Chummy. And I'm like, yeah. I'm with, thinking to myself. For people who didn't see it, they were on Hannity last, was last night, right? With, uh, last night with or Marco. Night last, maybe? Yeah, it was, it, it was maybe, weird. And I got on the Marco, web again right. and I'm, yeah. And so I'm looking around and now Nikki, you know what we're looking at here? We're looking at more than just a, the potential for Rubio. We're looking at the restructuring, and we are looking at the new Republican Party. Okay? You've got Except, Maya, the only thing, you know, at a certain moment, mm-hmm. we were all on the leaning toward the edge of our seats, and we knew that's where that sentence was going. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, isn't the whole point, at least of my theory, that... it's not a restructuring. It's exactly the architects of the old Republican Party trying desperately to resuscitate it, to save Mm -hmm. it, that Mm -hmm. since they could not have Heb, they looked around and said, oh, my gosh, who could we possibly back here? And the, the only other person turned out to be Marco. And so I'm not sure it's the restructuring. It's the repackaging Okay, we can call it repackaging. I just all, but I, but you know, let's keep in mind that in the by last the way, which repackaging years, may include the promise to Governor Haley for this may mm-hmm. be the vice presidency now. Uh, it could happen now, but also keep in mind that Gowdy has got to be a little bit angry. Okay, this whole Benghazi thing, I have a feeling it did not not only did it not turn out the way he wanted it to, but I have a feeling that he watched as his party, McConnell and the rest of them, allowed this to slide throat. That's it. Okay, so now you've got Trey Gowdy. Now, I know they don't like Cruz, but I kind of know why now I kind of went back and, and went over that transcript about the whole amnesty issue. Cruz was pretty slick. I mean, he stepped on quite a few toes in order to get that done the way he did it. And you know yep. what makes it worse? It's, it's not worse. I don't want to make it sound this way. But what happened is, is that Cruz actually turned the uh, amendment, the bill, on, its, on a political edge, on its uh, political corner. Okay, his idea of making sure that the illegals or the people who were here illegally did not uh, uh, get citizenship, but were allowed residency because he did not want to reward them for doing something wrong, which was basically crossing over without doing the the vote. 
Right, exactly. And, but see, what it is is that that's a biblical thing. And I believe that Rubio and the rest of them are kind of hacked off and a little bit frightened that Cruz is going to bring in another dimension, if, if for no other reason than to win. Okay. Uh, well, that may be. Not- I don't. I don't know. But but uh, but let's stick. Since it's so new and it's so fragile, let's let's stick to the bare bones of our, you know, of our uh, skeleton that we've got here before we put all of the flesh that we don't yet have on it. And that is so you find it plausible that Nikki Haley was talked out of sitting it out by somebody Mm -hmm. clearly. Yes, absolutely. And it's so she had to be talked out. She had to be talked out of it by someone who knew that if she endorsed, she'd be helping someone and in a huge way and also simultaneously hurting someone else and Absolutely. that the hurt of one and the help of the other would would fit very nicely together. And it seems to me, Maya, nicely, that uh-huh. hurting, hurting Heb... Uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead, hon. I'm no, sorry. No, I'm saying it's not only is it going to fit nicely together, but you are going to see something new happening here. The fact that the old uh, team, the rhinos, are sitting here trying to repackage it, they're really repackaging it as a nice way of putting it. But they're also trying to save their behinds. Oh, of course. That's the motive for the entire thing. Maya, I have to – Skip's telling me I must go because of the computer. Call again. You you don't need me to ask you to call again tomorrow or as soon as possible. Maya's on uh, my wavelength, which which must mean she's right. In any case – this is what I see. I see a deal for Nikki Haley, uh, which is intended to suffocate Bush right now before he does any more harm and for the Republicans to get someone that they can shape fit into what they need. And that person, Marco. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, partners. Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393. Hey, and this theory I have about Rubio and Bush and Nikki Haley in South Carolina is all one way of saying things are getting late awfully early around here. Every time, you know, quadrennially, there are these plans and plots and stratagems and scenarios that everyone has and it's all great and I love it all and I've been a part of it and I'm so blessed and grateful to have been a part of it but it really comes down to the horses you know it comes down to the horses on the field although as we're learning not necessarily the bloodlines because if, if, if horses is the right metaphor then Heb Bush should have been running away with this. Heb Bush is a very bad candidate. Heb Bush would be a very good call if you were a casting director at the Sarasota, Florida dinner theater and you were staging uh, Arthur Miller's production of Death of a Salesman 
and you were casting the lead, Willie Loman, the forlorn salesman that no one loves and whose life has passed him by, uh, this would be a great casting call by someone. Heb Bush as Willie Loman. As a matter of fact, I would give it only about six or eight months, and you might well see. Tonight, at the Sarasota Dinner Theater, Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman, starring Heb Bush, former member, presidential family, and almost candidate. You know, it's how these things fit together. It's not one thing. I mean, well, what, what one thing could bring me here to say to you, I'm ready to change my pre-predictions to have Rubio finishing not only an uncontested third, but, but edging Cruz out of second in, in South Carolina. Why? It's not one thing. It's not, and it couldn't be one thing. It couldn't be Governor Haley's endorsement alone. It couldn't be anything alone that Marco Rubio had said or that Heb Bush had said, right? Even if Heb Bush pulled some incredible boner and everyone said, well, you know, you're not, you're not wearing, you're not wearing the kind of uh, bounce proof vest. You're not wearing the political Velcro vest that uh, Ronald Reagan wore. You know, you can't survive this. It's not what what's happened. Heb Bush is doing his best. That's the problem. What you see is Bush's best. That's the problem. Because his best ain't good enough for this league. His story is one I have seen a hundred times in my 30-plus years of national politics, which goes along with the story of the kid who goes on to uh, play single-A ball or double-A ball, and the male arriving at his parents' place soon starts to read like this. Dear Mom and Pop, I really miss you guys. I think I'll be home soon because... They're starting to throw curveballs. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. It's an exciting day. Every day with you is exciting on the Blaze Radio Network. Excelsior. Welcome back, partners. Do you know that my notes blend into my my notes from the debate Saturday night actually blend into my notes for today? And that's entirely appropriate because that's what we're doing here. The notes from Saturday night 
If you weren't with us for our After Dark specials with Skip and Doc and Ty and me and you, and I believe we're doing that. Brittany, do you know? Are we doing that this Saturday night? I think we are. But I don't. But don't hold me to it until I can tell you that we are with the South Carolina primary. But in any case, uh, last week, uh, my notes actually extend right into these, and it makes sense because we're trying to figure out, aren't we, where do they stand? How are they doing? What helps them and hurts them? Well, I, I am, an, I am opining to you. I am analyzing to you, proffering an analysis that Nikki Haley, she of the eighty-one percent approval rating, and the cute face and the huge national ambitions who has been wooed by every single presidential campaign for her endorsement, or at least a kind word stopping short of an endorsement. She's been wooed by every candidate, every campaign in South Carolina. And she has said, no, I'm sitting this one out. And I know, I know this has caused her heartfelt contrition because she wants to be president and sitting it out when you're 43 years old and you're at the peak maybe of your power in a an important swing state during a mondo presidential primary you don't want to be on vacation You want to be in front of the cameras every day. Trust me, this may never come again. This could be like true love or food poisoning, high-stakes casino gambling, combat, deep religious conviction. It could be like all of those things. They may only come once, and they may all make you sick to your stomach, but maybe in a good way, but you have to know how to recognize them. Let's look at some of the other things that may help and hurt as I ask you to share with me at one 3393 Who do you think's up and who's down? If you want, it is not too early to start from a poster on the wall that we can all tack up there right now in our minds One through four. I am arguing it's a four-man race. Could Carson sneak in there? Yeah. Could Kasich sneak in there? Yeah, no. Uh, But is is it a four-man race in South Carolina? I believe it is. Argue otherwise, please, if you feel thusly inclined. Otherwise, let's, let's put up our little poster, like we're in grade school together, and put up a poster on the wall and just have four names on it. Trump, here are the names I would have put them up and in which order this morning. Trump, Cruz, Rubio, and Bush. I might even have put Bush up ahead of Rubio. And then I checked my uh, various overnight information. And I don't see Bush moving one iota from 4%. Hell, you get 4% for signing your name. It's like the SATs. 
you get 4% for getting on the ballot. I think they give you 4% a lube job uh, at Al's and uh, and some uh, popcorn. I haven't seen Bush move at all. I haven't seen him move anybody. I haven't seen him move anything. This is not a personal criticism. I just don't see his numbers being viable. They don't float. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Throw me a bush. Okay, here it comes. Kerplunk. It's like you threw them in Anvil. Anyway, as of about 2 o'clock this afternoon Eastern, here's how I'd put my four little names up on the wall. Trump, Rubio, Cruz, Bush. Why? Because I think Rubio is making an all-out effort supported by invisible and some visible elements of the Republican Party power structure to essentially say, look, unless Bush pulls a miracle, it's never, it's never too late. You know, it's never too late to do the opposite of what we're doing. It's not like we're priests or moral men here, uh, they say, when when the Republicans meet in the phone booth. You know, it's not it's not like we're faithful men here of the Constitution or of any uh, true, uh, valuable precept of faith or morality. So we can always change our minds in an instant and not apologize to anybody, including ourselves. So let's not worry about that. Let's not worry about what the ordinary people worry about, things like matters of principle. So the Republicans get together and they say, Bush ain't doing it. And I I don't think he's going to do it. And we don't have the luxury of sitting around beyond South Carolina. We don't even have this luxury, but we do not have the luxury of sitting around beyond South Carolina and saying, oh, woe is us. What are we going to do? No, that's not what we're going to do, gentlemen, to use a bastardized term. No, gentlemen, we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is manipulate this bastard to make the most out of it we possibly can with all of the dark arts at our disposal and all of the money at our disposal, all the lies at our disposal. We will do anything to keep government the way it is, to keep Washington the way it is, to keep our jobs the way they are. We are rhinos, and we will do everything to protect that breed. And so they say, unless Bush pulls a miracle in South Carolina, and I know many of you, I don't mean you here on the blaze, this is still the guy in the back room speaking, I know many of you have worked unbelievably hard, made many sacrifices over many years, not just these last few months, to help Heb Bush become the legatee of the Bush family, but it ain't happening. And it's time we recognized it ain't happening. And we we can't sit it out. What do we do? Is there anyone we can get behind? Tell me. I want names. 
I want rationales. I want plans. I want them now. I want a razor blade. I want something now. And what they say is, well, boss, uh, they're talking about Bloomberg, and they say, ah, oh, you know, yeah, never mind Bloomberg. And they're talking about the Democrat. Yeah, yeah, let them talk about the Democrat side. I mean, I need a Republican name to get behind. Give me someone in the race, someone who's dropped out of the race, uh, someone who never got in the race. You tell me somebody and tell me now because we, forget the rhinos, we are about to become extinct. We are the rhinos. Tell me, what do we do? And the answer is, this is just Gurujay, holy cow, holy rhino speaking. And Gurujay say, Gurujay say, they have come back and said, we can live with Marco Rubio. We can not only live with him, we can make him live. Ah, we can live with him and we can make him live. It's okay. He's, we can do that. We can live with that, and we can make it happen. And here's how. This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. on the Blaze Radio Network. And these are my partners at one 3393 By the way, not to get too into the weeds here, but a lot of what uh, Trump, and we'll get into this today in a minute, a lot of what Trump is doing is planning to, no, I'm sorry, is claiming that he is uh, deliberating whether to sue Cruz. And Cruz's response today has been the correct and the smart one. Sue me. Bring a frivolous lawsuit. Bring it. Because I happen to know enough about the, oh boy, I happen to know enough about law, but I happen to know about, I happen to know about the law when it comes to campaign law. And you have no idea how many times I was threatened Personally, corporately, every every other way in the world, they were going to sue me. They were going to take my car. They were going to take my house. They were going to take my business. They were going to send me to jail. They were going to ruin me. I would never work again. No television ad that I know of, and I am utterly, that is to say, encyclopedically acquainted with television and radio advertising, most print, in the last 30-plus years. And I produced it for presidents and candidates for that office on down in this and other countries. You cannot pull a television ad. There is federal law. There is the Federal Communications Commission. Forget the First Amendment. The FCC blocks attempts to pull political television commercials or radio commercials off the air 
because of a complaining candidate who says, but that's not right, or that's not true, or that's not fair, or I'm going to sue. And the response to all of them is, sue. Come back to us when you have court documents. Come back to us with an order from the FCC mandating that we violate the First Amendment rights of this person by pulling off the air a message that he or she has paid for already. We're going to pull it off the air. We're going to commit fraud by selling something to someone, i.e. the time, and then take their money and then deny them their airtime. We're going to commit a crime for you? Yeah. Show us the federal court ruling. Show us the judge's order ordering us to take this off the air. I have heard it five million times. I have seen it done. Never. I have had radio and television stations in rural states, let's just say, who were owned by the brother-in-law of my opponent. You know, call me up and say, well, this ain't true. I'm not going to run this. And I say, you know, if you run it, you know what it's going to cost you? Nothing. In fact, you will have made, let me see here, $1,127.38 if you run it. Do you know what your legal bills will be if you pull it? Because I will sue you for $50 million. I'll have your license and I'm backed by the Republican National Committee and about 17 other committees with hundreds of lawyers on retainer, and I will paper you to death. You'll you'll never be in business as a television station another day. You do what you think best. Goodbye now. God bless. You can't pull. You cannot pull television and radio ads off the air. They are, even when you prove there's a false statement in them, you cannot pull them off the air. Now, unless federal law has changed since my principal living has changed from creating, producing, directing, writing, placing these ads on the air, unless federal law has changed, do you know, you you think it would be enough if, if, if you are running for office uh, and you walk into a television station and say, Hi, I'm I'm the person on this commercial. You're running this commercial. You see that fact? That's or you see that claim? That's false. I demand you stop running this. They won't even talk to you. The way they get in trouble is if they stop running it. The FCC is ironclad about this. This is freedom of speech, especially for political candidates. There is no freer speech than the free speech. Free. (laughs) Yeah, as long as you have somewhere between $1 and $1 billion to spend, you get plenty of free speech, and nobody touches that free speech. Once you put that free speech on the radio and on television, nobody can touch it, and certainly never because in someone else's opinion, it gives the wrong impression. 
or in someone else's opinion, it's untrue. And one of the proudest, one of the things of which I'm proudest of my mentor, my old boss, one of the greatest men I've ever known, David Garth, even though we did not have to do it, our training, my training included, taking phantom spots, either spots never written, never produced, or spots someone in the office in a senior position would make up, and they'd throw them to you and say, here, here, here are 10 TV spots. We're planning to run with them on Monday. Today is Wednesday. I want verification books on all of them by Friday. We used to do verification books. I don't know if David Garth ever trademarked that. Probably not. Maybe it couldn't be. But we learned by doing verification books. The copy, every word of the copy, including the including and every word in the copy of every television and radio spot I ever wrote, produced, placed on the air because of my training with David Garth had a three-ring binder with several primary source uh, primary source evidence sheets of where that word came from where that claim came from. If we said Senator Byrd voted for higher taxes, then in that three-ring binder, you could find the tab, higher taxes, and we would list the votes, the time, the day, the quote, the vote, the number of the bill, everything, every single thing. And when we delivered a TV spot to stations all over the country or all over the state, those three-ring binders accompanied every radio and television ad. He... We, I, ever produced. I'm accustomed to knowing what it means to tell the truth on television, on radio. And I'm accustomed to these notions of stop, stop saying these things about me or I'm going to sue you. You know why Trump is going to sue Cruz other than because he was born in Canada? He's going to sue Trump because, I'm sorry, Trump's going to sue Cruz because Cruz is playing a TV ad in which Donald Trump himself appears with my good friend, the late Tim Russert, God bless him, and says, uh, yeah, here's my position on X, Y, and Z. He's going to sue Cruz for having him tell the truth. Bring it! Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And here are my partners. Uh, Before I do that, I must uh, pass along to you one other thing, uh, selfishly in in a way, so that it remains exclusive as this Nikki Haley, Rubio, party abandoning Bush theory does. Here's another one. Do you know how Obama notwithstanding the apparently ironclad opposition statements that Mitch McConnell et al. have issued. 
and I, I've shared with you what I think of those and of the Republican position hitherto. But despite what you've heard from the Republicans, again on Hannity last night or the night before, Senator Scott, Marco Rubio, Trey Gowdy, all of them, I mean, I'm not going to go into all the names, all saying the next president, i.e. the American people must choose the next Supreme Court justice, meaning the next president. I've told you what I think about that so-called reasoning. But let me share with you this. Is there a way that Obama gets his man? And by that I mean man or woman, okay? Or TGGBT, DirecTV, AM and FM, PhD, BBC, AM and FM, STD, DDS, VDM, PS, I love you, uh, TV. Okay, when I say gets his man, okay. You know how Obama gets his man? Whenever you've got two people who want something desperately, you've got the makings of a political deal. The only thing missing is Faustus. The only person missing is the devil to triangulate and lubricate the deal. Obama desperately wants to name his third Supreme Court justice. The Republican establishment who could make that happen, but who have announced there's no way that's going to happen. Do you know, in, in, may I translate for you after 30 plus years in Washington? May I translate for you? May I be your translator? Here's the interpretation key. Statement. There is no way. Do you hear me? There is no way that that is going to happen. End quote. Translation. Do you want to know my price? So you've got Obama who desperately wants his man not just to get a vote. He wants his nominee put on that court while he is still president. That's a fact. Call, I mean, I, the best call we could have if there's anyone who denies that. We can scream at each other till the show's over. But, I mean, there's no screaming will change it. It's a fact. Here's an accompanying fact. Everybody in the Republican Party leadership, most especially the ones yellest louding. No. Loudest yelling. <laughs> How about that one? Uh, louding the yellest that it ain't going to happen. They're both yelling at each other, make me an offer. Let's just suppose that through intermediaries, a little walk in Fort Marcy Park or maybe just across, Lincoln Park across from the, the White House, 
let's say a couple of intermediaries get together, smoke a cigar. They've known each other. They're both lawyers. They've known each other, been on the same side, different sides for 40 years. Their families know each other. They're intermarried. Their their kids are classmates, you know, at uh, at fine schools. They smoke a cigar and they say, uh, Henry, could we cut to the chase? George, by all means, let's. Henry, the president very much wants his man on the court as a legacy while he is still president. And George says, I appreciate that, Henry. And my client is adamante, is, is, is beyond adamant in their opposition to this ever happening. And so Henry says, as top, great Washington lawyers would, they'd smile and they'd say, Oh, Esha, Esha, honey, it's okay. It's okay, baby. It's okay, baby. It's okay, Esha. It's okay, Asha. It's okay. Good boy. Good boy. It's a good boy, honey. Okay. It's okay. My 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 best man, my best doggy here who's allowed to be in the studio because he doesn't make noise, was dreaming and he just made yelping sounds. So I had to comfort him. Sorry. So Washington lawyers being Washington lawyers say to each other after they both said, you know, they're, they're there on a mission impossible. Can't happen. No way. They smile, they look at each other, and they say, okay, let's deal. Let's say that Obama, Obama's lawyer says, you know that executive order, all of them really, on illegal aliens? You know those haven't yet gone into effect. You know those were dated for much later this year and and next year. You know those executive orders on illegal immigration that, that, that your guys have such a problem with. And the other lawyer says, yeah, but see, we're confident of the fact that your guy's not going to be president in a uh, hundred two days, and so I think we've got that covered. But I think you're very gracious to mention it. But let's not take it off the table. What else you got? And he says, well, suppose I could give you something that could hurt Trump or Cruz. Suppose I could give you something ironclad that would hurt Trump or Cruz so badly. And suppose we could, let's just say, guarantee that it was backed up with an indictment. If I could give you something that could knock Trump out of this race, if you could go back to your client, the Republican National Committee at all, and say, you no longer have to worry about losing your jobs or losing the party to this gypsy because we have the trigger 
and we can pull it whenever we want. And within two weeks, he will leave the campaign. Suppose we could give you that. Suppose we could give you Trump's or Rubio's political head on a platter. The other lawyer says, now you're talking. Now you're talking turkey. Now you're talking my language, Henry. And at the end of the cigar, they get up and they shake hands. They ask about each other's families. And what you've got to be delivered to the principals within the next half hour is a deal that only people at this level can do. And I wouldn't weave this tale for you unless I had been um, aware, let's say, of such deals at such levels. Suppose in the next half hour, the party bosses of the Republican Party, also on the line, the chairman of Standard Oil and AT&T, like a bad Michael Moore film. Suppose all the rhinos and the powers that be integrated with them. And suppose Barack Obama and Valerie Powers and all those and, and Hillary Clinton's people. Suppose somehow they got together and said, here's the deal. The president is going to make a couple of things that we don't like, go away. And what we're going to do, just coincidentally, what we're going to do is make sure that the president's man gets a vote before the full Senate without any, you know, interference from our side. Could we live with that? And both sides, half an hour later, come back on a conference call, or maybe Henry and George meet back in the park for a second cigar, and they agree that both of their clients say, yeah, let's do that. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay, from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, welcome. Jay, thank you for taking my call. Pleasure, as I was always. Wondering about, thank you. I was wondering about Ted Cruz. Do you think it's time for him to shake up the campaign? I don't know what, you know, this is something I know a lot about. I don't know what he could do. Uh, I just don't know what difference it would make. What we're really saying is, you know, he's raising money, okay. Uh, it's his message. And you know what? 
I don't know if I've ever said this or hinted it. The message can never effectively be better than the product. Advertising has tried for 200 years. The message can never supersede in quality the product. You could say anything you want on the package. You can have all of the award-winning television commercials. And when you open the box and put it in your mouth and you go, ew. You know, I mean, you you could change advertising agencies. Eight months later, people are going to take the stuff out of the box, put it in their mouth. They're going to go, ew. Or, you know, I like this one better or I don't care for this. I have worried from the beginning that the very particulars, which are so unfair even to mention, but we are big boys and girls, the very most particular. Jack Kennedy lost his debates with Nixon if you heard them on radio. Yeah. Nixon was more knowledgeable. He was he spoke English better. He was more he was better. But on television, Senator Kennedy was a movie star. Okay? Uh Ted Cruz is not a movie star. God help me for saying it. God help me for having a reason to say it. But in the end, the reasons that people vote for uh, presidents usually involve organs in and around their stomach and their heart more than organs above the shoulders. And I know this is Ted Cruz is a genius, but his personal look, his personal style, his way of speaking, the way he looks on television is not ideal. What can I say? I feel awful. God forgive me. But I I I know this is unorthodox, but do you think if he named his VP ticket um Alan West that that would help him out in any which way? I mean, what do the black no. Americans have to vote for? No. Honestly. No. 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 That shell game is long over. The, the black Americans uh uh to their shame in many cases, are not going to consider, not for another hundred years probably, are they going to consider the vast majority of African Americans, they're not going to consider the quality of the candidate. They're going to look at the color of their skin. And when you put forward a Condoleezza Rice or a Dr. Carson or, uh, you know, you go, go on from there, Alan West, any of these great, great African-American candidates, they're going to say, huh, you're not fooling me. He believes in something. And what he believes in is, you know, the Constitution. And, you know, he, he doesn't believe what I believe in. And so, no, I don't think you could. As, I mean, it is a compliment. You know, we're, we're, we're well beyond fooling black Americans. They know what people stand for. And... Uh, right now, black Americans are solid Democrats because uh, they are solidly in the camp of people who believe government exists as subsistence, as mommy and daddy. And again, will you forgive me and will God for saying that about Ted's appearance? This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.